Yeah. What is going on, everybody? This is Dr. Chris Featherstone here for yet another episode of Unscripted. So there's a person in the middle uh, that we're going to get, we're going to jump right into uh, because there's a lot to talk about today. Yeah. Of course, we have uh, my 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 friend, my my partner in crime. Oh, did I say crime? Uh, you did. Me. I'm not a criminal. Uh, there's a lawyer in the center uh, here. No, man, I didn't mean to. Wow, say already, you're getting please me. In excuse trouble. that. Please excuse the Freudian slip His there. Partner in podcasting. Partner in. Yes, in, in, in uh, old wrestling stories. There you go. Bill After, how are you, man? Yes, I'm good. And I want to let everybody know before we start this uh, interview, um, we want to thank our guest, of course, but these are all based upon all the allegations, allegations that have come out recently about this whole Vince McMahon uh, uh, mess. Indeed, indeed. I imagine that uh, the lawyer uh, is ready to rock and roll and say all the right stuff to protect us as a sports kita. Uh, you want to give the people watching a little bit about your background? Yes, yes, indeed. So this guy, Dmitry uh, Shaknovich. Did I get it right for the second time in a row? You did. You were so good a second ago, I had a doubt, but you recovered. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much. Tell us a little bit about your background. Yes, indeed. Sure. So firstly, thank you for having me on. Uh, it's great to be with you. Uh, Dmitry Shaknovich. That's right. Say that five times fast. I'm a lawyer here in New York. I d defend criminal cases. I litigate civil cases as well. Um, and I do stuff like this. I have a YouTube channel that the link seems to be on the bottom of the screen now uh, where I provide legal analysis and interview folks on the law and other things. Uh, so please feel free and subscribe. And I am uh, ready for all of your questions. A lot to talk about. Yes, indeed. <clears throat> Dr. Chris. Bill After. So let's drop, just jump right into it. Of course, uh, people know why he is on here right now. He is on here because uh, we wanted a legal representative to give us all of the right stuff when it comes to these allegations when it, uh, regarding the former chairman of the WWE, former board member, former uh, executive uh, uh, head honcho chairman of, of TKO Holdings, Vince McMahon, who recently stepped down last week because of the allegations. Of course, he did not uh, admit to any of the allegations, which uh, I'm, I imagine Dimitri is going to let us know, which is very normal in this uh, legal process. Yeah, he said he will defend it with you will really really defend uh that he didn't do anything wrong yes yes and that is uh, that is very normal in this uh process and uh i'm, I'm looking forward to talk to dimitri actually because I, I have a phd in forensic psychology so uh I'm, I'm very familiar with the courts from a psychological standpoint so i'm looking forward to having a conversation i want to ask a non-psychological question since I don't have the background you have, Dr. Chris or Dimitri, yeah, but does someone resigning in lieu of all these allegations almost admittedly guilty? Is that not Chris? That's for you or is that for me? For you. No, not really. Um, there are ways that folks that are accused of committing certain acts can protect themselves. For example, if there's a settlement discussion that is undertaken after a lawsuit is filed, then what's said after the settlement discussion 
can't be used in court. There's also basically a rule of evidence that says that remedial measures can't be used against a party, right? If there is just to simplify, for example, uh, accident where a sidewalk is broken and then the defendant after a lawsuit fixes the sidewalk, you can't run into court and say, oh, look, that sidewalk was fixed. That means it must have been negligently broken prior to the fixing, right? So the law uh, provides for some kind of measures to protect against guilt as an inference because of that kind of thing. Okay. Fantastic. So um, just your overall thoughts, Dimitri, before we get in, before we start picking your brain when it comes to the legal stuff, uh, just your kind of 10,000 foot view on looking at this uh, from your expertise. Um, as far as Janelle Grant's, basically the accusations as of now and what we what we heard is that there was some hush money uh from something you know a few years ago that was supposed to be three million dollars it was allegedly unpaid that caused her to blow the whistle but that was under the cause of um the the nda being broken because of uh the nda doesn't doesn't protect any type of criminal sexual acts so that's, I mean, we know other stuff as far as like the trafficking. It was three million, actually, Chris, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what I said, three million. You know? Okay, I'm sorry, I thought you said one. My no, it was, three, it was three million. Okay. So, uh, so basically, that's what we know. And then, of course, some other things that we know as far as the allegations were, uh, she was allegedly used for a notable. Uh, UF, former UFC champion that they were trying to re renegotiate. A lot of people are saying Brock Lesnar is that name. And John Laurinaitis is also a part of the allegations. And so that's basically the Cliff Notes version of what we know. Your thoughts on that initially? So at the outset, uh, what Bill said at the beginning is absolutely right. Number one, these are all allegations, mm -hmm. right? It's important to point that out. That kind of gets lost in the shuffle here. Um, as it does, by the way, in every case of this nature, not just this one, right? So it's important to keep that in mind. We're at the very beginning of the process. And as time passes, this will fade in the press, at least uh, to some degree. And it's important to remember that this is the beginning. It's not the end. And so the evidence will be determinative here, right? The deposition testimony, if it gets there, will be determinative, not what's in a complaint, which is important because it sets the framework for the case, but it's not evidence of anything. Number two, and I see some folks in your comments are writing about it and then folks all over are writing about it, about him being sentenced and going to jail and all these other things. This is not a criminal case, right? This is the mistake that many people made, at least in their minds, uh, when P. Diddy was sued a few months back and, and in other cases such as this, right? Nobody goes to jail as a result of a civil case. Now, as a result of the conduct underlying the case, right, the allegations seem criminal. And so people make that jump and that's fine. But we can't uh, draw inferences that aren't there, right, even if he would be arrested or charged or indicted, right, he would be presumed innocent anyway. He hasn't been any of those things. So he's really presumed innocent. And it's important to separate those two. Nobody is going to jail, at least not right now, at least not as a direct result of this case. That's number two. Number three, uh, the issue with the NDA. An NDA is a contract. By the way, for our fans who don't know what that is, that's a non-disclosure contract. Yes, I'm sorry about that. It's so okay. an NDA is a non-disclosure agreement, which is a contract. 
right, between two parties that says you don't talk about something and in exchange you get some benefit money or something else. Breaching an NDA has no impact on sexual assault allegations, mm-hmm. right? If you breach a contract, then you don't get the benefit of the contract. That doesn't mean that the other party is somehow compromised in litigating sexual assault allegations or whatever else may have been disclosed that would otherwise have not been disclosed. So those are the three main points. And obviously there are a whole bunch of other uh, subsidiary points here, um, but it's important to keep all that in mind. Fantastic. So if, say for instance, if everything goes uh, through the, the legal process and Vince McMahon is, and the allegations are proven to be true, what is the maximum punishment in the court of law that Vince McMahon could receive because of these allegations? So these kinds of cases are separated generally into two phases. There's a liability phase and a damages phase. Right. The liability phase is uh, designed to determine what happened and what he did wrong. Right. If you pass that phase, you get to the damages phase, which seeks to determine how much. Right. The extent of the damage, which will require in a case like this uh, expert testimony and testimony from mental health professionals, I presume. Right. And other such evidence. So um, it's entirely too premature to make that kind of determination, as you can imagine the complexity behind the degree of suffering and the range of suffering that somebody like this can go through uh, ranges just enormously. So that leads me to this question. And again, we're discussing this openly. Uh, These are all alleged. But the reasoning for the victim here, and she was the victim, uh, letting this go on so long, could that be a negative part of uh, her defense here? So that's a great question, right? If this case ever gets to a trial, uh, she will be cross-examined, right? And on cross-examination, his lawyers will ask her all of those questions. The purpose behind that will be to impeach her, right? To question her credibility before a jury. And when it comes to cases such as this, that process has to be done delicately because the allegations are frightening. Uh, This woman was victimized, right? And so it's a difficult, fragile process to go through, but that kind of thing will be flushed out on cross-examination, perhaps earlier at a deposition, but really on cross-examination at a trial. So based on uh, the information that you know uh, and and what's public, all, all this is public information, what is the strongest pieces of evidence that both Janelle Grant have for the prosecution and uh, Vince McMahon and company have for the defense? So separately, what are what are Janelle's strongest pieces that you know that's public and what are Vince and company's strongest pieces that you know that are public right now? So, again, it's funny because there is no evidence yet. There is no anything yet. There are just allegations. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's tough to say what pieces of evidence are important because no evidence has been provided yet. No so the screenshots and all that. Those things are would be evidence, though, right? They may be. So the screenshots that, and that, and that you mentioned, the screenshots, right, those are pretty big because yeah. from what I've seen, and again, time will tell what they actually are and what they sure. mean. But from what I've seen, they seem to create at least a relationship between the parties. Right. Generally, that would have to be proven. That's not a given. 
here, assuming what's in those text messages is true, um, that creates some relationship between the parties, uh, perhaps an intimate relationship. And that gets the plaintiff here far, right? Because the content <laughs> is pretty heavy in those text messages. Yeah. In terms of the best evidence for the defense, that's just impossible to tell. No responsive pleading has been filed yet. In other words, no answer to these allegations. Um, and obviously no discovery, right? Discovery is the document exchange process that may take months and months to, to get through. That is where the meat of this case will come out. That is where lawyers make a lot of their money, right? Because of the paperwork and other things. And then depositions, right? And in a case like this, the parties will be deposed, obviously. And you may have non-parties being deposed. There are some witnesses that were named in the complaint. There were some in, uh, witnesses uh, to whom there were allusions made in the complaint. Yeah. Maybe other people will come out. So in, in, a case, in a case like this, it'll be interesting to see kind of how that whole story develops and what the evidence will show. That's what will matter. Now, this, um, this alleged thing, these things that happen, allegedly happened before Endeavor TKO had purchased WWE, but they did bring Vince McMahon back on uh, into the uh, TKO company. Would they have any legal problems because they brought him in here? That's a great question. So generally speaking, when companies merge, companies are bought out, um, depending on the terms of, of that agreement, liability may pass, right? And then in those agreements, there are what they're what are called indemnification clauses, which mm -hmm. are provisions and contracts that say, if you do something wrong and we cover it, you then owe us that money. So who knows how that process will work out. Um, but generally, in terms of vicarious liability, even if TKO was the, the owner at the time of the conduct, generally vicarious liability, meaning one party being liable for the conduct of another, doesn't pass with what they call intentional torts, right? Intentional conduct. Mm -hmm. This is intentional conduct. And just like in any employer-employee relationship, that's generally not covered because, again, it's hard to foresee this kind of stuff happening. And so employers tend to wash their hands clean. Um, but it really depends on the nuances of the relationship between TKO and the prior owners and them and Vince McMahon, what the details of his relationship are with TKO or were rather with TKO. So a lot of nuance there that nobody knows and nobody may ever know. So uh, a couple other names, potentially Brock, Brock Lesnar and John Laurinaitis was mentioned in, in the allegations as well. What's the... I guess maximum penalty that both of them could experience throughout this process when this is done. So it's the same story, right? If they're identified further with more detail, if their identities are disclosed and they're formally brought into the case, at least I know for the name that folks think is Brock's name, that's not out in the open yet. It's right. not in the case formally. Once that's brought in, once the evidence comes out as to all those people, the same process will will, will be undertaken. Okay. And the maximum credit could be what, potentially? Depending on what the evidence shows and their degree of culpability, which 
is is just we, we just don't know. I mean, look, we just don't know. It's easy to jump to conclusions and try to fill in these gaps. We just don't know. Uh, one one of the uh, fans had just asked this, and I was coming up with that same question. But if this gets too ugly for TKO, even though he's no longer there, uh, is there something that TKO can do? I mean, would they be able to pull out of this whole agreement at this point? If they, we don't know what the contract is, but since you know the the monies are paid for the sale in. Uh, chapters, so to say, is this something that TKO could say? We didn't anticipate this. Uh, thank you very much, but we're not going to continue the relationship. You know, it's possible that that can happen, but really, in my experience, that tends to be more of a business decision, uh, decision mm-hmm. not a legal decision. Um, I don't know if the sale can be pulled back, um, but they'll have to make that determination as, as the case moves forward. Uh, so when it comes to like let's 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 have some some fun cross here some role play cross here. So if you were representing Janelle, what would be one of the first cross questions you would ask Vince? And what if you were representing Vince, what would be one of the first cross questions you would ask Janelle? Well, the first thing I would do for either party is get all the discovery that's available. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a fight. Right, because the plaintiff in this case will try to get every text message that Vince probably has ever sent in the past X amount of years. Right. Um, because the more evidence they can get, the more potential there is that he's gonna have something dirty come out, and that'll help them no matter what. Right. So they're gonna want that. His lawyers are gonna fight that. They're gonna say that these requests are ir- irrelevant, overly burdensome, problematic for whatever reason. Um, and and so that's gonna be a big, big fight. If I were her lawyers, and I'm sure they're doing it, they should cast a very wide net to make sure they get every text message, every email, every uh, prior allegation against Vince. I know there have been some in the past already. Um, Every NDA, right? They're going to fight them on that because those are inherently confidential documents. And if you're Vince's lawyers, the same story, right? Pin her to a story. Make sure that if you're Vince's lawyers, you get everything on his phone that he said to her or anybody regarding this case and establish your theory of defense. Once you do that, you can start gathering the evidence, substantiating that theory and figuring out how you're going to implement it once you're in court. Um, So again, we're at the evidence gathering stage. Gather the evidence, right? Because you have to make sure that you have everything in front of you and then you're not hit with any surprises as time passes. She um, uh, she accepted the one million dollars out of the three million dollars. Does that make this more shady? That how come you're coming out now? He didn't pay you the let the final two thousand uh, dollars, two million dollars. Uh, so now you're you're doing this but she already accepted that $1 million. So if you're, again, the legal uh, representation for her, where do you go from there? So, uh, you know, if you're his lawyers, right? His lawyers, okay. Yes, you're going to be looking forward to that, right? Because your biggest defense, it seems for now, from what we know for now, is put her on the stand and say she's making all this up. And the reason she's making all this up is because because she had a motive. She wasn't paid, right? While she was being paid, 
she wasn't making this up. And now that she stopped being paid, she this lawsuit comes out, right? That seems to be at least some version of, a, of the defense is going to be that. Right. Um, and her argument will be, uh, look, for whatever reason, I came to a conclusion that at this point in time, this was the right time to do it. And a jury will determine whether or not she's lying or telling the truth. It's as simple as that. And all this other legal stuff um, will serve to, to, to better focus that whole debate. But that will be the question. Regarding the screenshots, they're, they're pretty vulgar. Uh, if, you know, if um, based on what we saw, how uh, how important would the vulgarity and the content of the screenshots play in, in her uh, evidence if she does present that uh, in the courts? Are these screenshots that she supplied, Dr. Chris? Yes. Okay. Yeah, those, those are screenshots. Well, based on the, the uh, the reports, those are the screenshots that she uh, allegedly, you know, uh, submitted. So okay. that's what's, what's how how important the vulgarity of those. I mean, you know, we were talking about defecation and, and things like that and all those all those things that there were part of the screenshots. How important will that pull on the the heartstrings of the jury? I know that there's voir dire process when it comes to jury selection and stuff like that, and it's, they're it's supposed to be you know neutral and balanced as far as the jury is concerned, and not having personal type of feelings. But and from your experience, the vulgarity of those screenshots, how do you think they'll put be, be in play when it comes to the, the jury in the court process? Yeah. So it depends on volume. That's actually a great great question. So. <clears throat> In every case, there's a rule of evidence, whether you're in federal court, in state court, wherever, that seeks to limit prejudicial effective evidence. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is whenever you have a piece of evidence, the jury is supposed to be guided by the probative value of the evidence, the relevance, the usefulness of that evidence, not by prejudicial value, not by things in that evidence, statements, comments that may make them kind of turn uh, an eye. And, and and make them put their 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 face in their palms, right? And so what Vince's lawyers will say is that these text messages have to be redacted in part because if they're not, it'll have a prejudicial, improper effect on Vince, right? Because they won't care what he did; they'll just see this horrifying language, and he'll be done. And then the question will become: How much of that evidence is out there? If there are four hundred text messages and each of them are vulgar, you're going to have a problem um, precluding all of those vulgar statements from coming in. If it's one or two or three or four, that's a different story. Then you can kind of deal with that, right? But the fear will become, as the evidence comes out, as these text messages come out, will the content be so horrifying that it doesn't matter what else happened, right? It doesn't matter if the allegations are true or not. Will the evidence paint Vince as being so horrible, such a piece of garbage, that a jury won't look at anything anymore? Hmm. And at that point, there's really going to have to be some creative lawyering done to make sure that that evidence is, is, is precluded, assuming there's no settlement, which, by the way, there probably will be, as there virtually always is. Hmm. Let's go more with that as far as the settlement. So, so do you think that this this will be settled out of court or do you think that uh, Janelle, I mean, just, just based on your experience, do you think that Janelle 
want the maximum based on her, you know, uh, experience and all this. You think she won't be okay with the settlement? What, what do you think will happen there? I personally, by the way, think that Vince McMahon would like to settle this out of court and the whole thing hushed, it settled it, and they go on with their lives. I think knowing him, I think that's the way he would like to do that. Just my sure. opinion. Sure. What do you What do you think Janelle uh, Dimitri will will want from this, based on what we thought, what, what we see already? And I agree with that, right? So statistically speaking, well over 90% of cases settle. So if you're just going by the numbers, this will probably settle. Um, mm. But beyond that, the exposure here is so wide because let's not forget, at some point if this case doesn't settle and it moves forward, depositions will be conducted. Depositions are testimonies under oath, right? Where a witness will get in a room, raise his or her hand and testify as to certain things. In a case like this, the testimony may have certain criminal implications. And so his lawyers will need to make sure that he doesn't testify in this case hmm. because you're not entitled to the same privileges in a civil case as you are in a criminal case, right? The Fifth Amendment privilege exists, but not in the same way. And so you really have to be careful because if he's forced to testify and he'll have to testify as a party in this case, hmm. um, he'll either have to take the Fifth if he takes the fifth in a civil case, that may result in, in, in problems for him because the judge may issue what's called an adverse inference. The judge can tell the jury that you can hold that against him, right? Mm -hmm. You can do that in a civil case. You can't do it in a criminal case. And if he does testify, then he testifies to things that can really hurt him if he's ever charged with a crime. And that's the big deal here, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you know, there are a whole lot of things that our system of laws can take from you. Your freedom is up there as sure, sure. severe, uh, you know, money is severe too, but Vince has a whole lot of money. Does um, settling out of court, again, like a question I asked at the beginning of the show, does that kind of intonate guilt or just that you don't want the details out there? You want this over with and good night. It, it's not supposed to be an indicator of guilt. Right. And maybe in the settlement agreement, there will be a provision that says that this is being settled, but not because uh, there's any wrongdoing, but simply because we want to avoid future costs and expenses. That happens all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and there will be confidentiality provisions in that settlement agreement as well. Um, and, and so, no, the, the short answer to your question is it's not supposed to be an indicator that he did something wrong and is trying to hide. Um, but many people do look at it that way. There's yeah. nothing you can do about that. High-powered yeah. attorneys on both sides, okay? What does something like this cost Vince? What does it cost Janelle? Yeah. People out there are wondering, what, what, what's a lawyer going to charge for a case this high-profile? High so it's different on the plaintiff side. A case like this is probably being done in a percentage. Uh, most cases like this are not taken with upfront funds, though it's possible. Uh, that's typically not how these cases are done, right? Uh, if and when there's a settlement or a verdict, the lawyers will probably take a cut. That's how it'll work on the plaintiff side. And on the defense side, it'll be a long and expensive defense. Uh, if this isn't settled in the next few weeks, maybe month and change, uh, it'll be a very long uh, seven-figure expense. I was going to ask, does it go as far as seven figures when it comes to this expense? As far as timeline, 
what do you think like in, in a case that's usually like this given the timeline from we saw it all just kind of come out to the public about a, a couple of weeks ago if this does go to court what do you think the what's what's usually a timeline that would happen from the first court hearing to the very you know judgment at the very end so it depends on the case it depends on the judge judges are different courtrooms are different calendar are, are, are different. Uh, I would say in a case like this, it should be done within a year, a year and a half. Okay. But it depends, right? If more parties come out, now more parties need to participate. If more witnesses come out, now more witnesses may need to be deposed. And so these deadlines are fluid, um, but but judges like to, to make sure that they keep a leash on the parties to make sure they don't get out of hand. I'm assuming that'll be the case here. If they do go to court... Uh, would this probably take place in Connecticut? Well, this is already this already is court, and I forget off the top of my head where it was brought. Um, my recollection is it was brought in federal court, and mm -hmm. I don't remember where. It's possible yeah. that it's Connecticut, and it'll okay. it'll be litigated there in, unless it is moved. But that's unlikely. Okay. So with uh, this going to court, and with a lot of the uh, public outlets. Uh, covering this they don't, they don't really cover wrestling you know or wrestling matches much they they do cover cases like this when it comes to legal how much of a dent and how much of a how much of a mark do you think that this will leave uh in wwe as a whole rather innocent rather rather guilty your thoughts on just the mark that this will leave uh, for wwe in the near future yeah, so that's that's more of a public relations question than a legal question but it doesn't take a genius to figure out that it's probably not good. Yeah. I mean, uh, the allegations are really horrifying here. Mm -hmm. They are long in their, in their scope. They involve several different parties. They involve, at least from what we know now, possibly text messages and other kinds of evidence. Um, and let's keep in mind they come on the heels of other allegations that came out some time ago that at least are in the same kind of world we don't know really what those cases were about in the same detail that we know about this but it's in that same kind of thing right and 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 all of those things combined can't be a good look uh much less uh, you know legally significant it can't be a good look yeah. Bill, you got anything before I uh, ask a closing question? No, I, I again, I appreciate your, uh, uh, Chris, and I appreciate what you've brought to the table here today. And I'm sure uh, uh, this opens up uh, and educates a lot of the fans as to how this legal process will work, whether it's settled in court, done in court with a jury, whether it's settled out of court and what the uh, damages could uh, could possibly be here. Yeah, yeah, and, and along those lines, from a public eye, what should we expect next uh, from what you think and your experience of uh, what's next in the process in this legal, uh, these allegations? You know, it's funny. A few months ago, uh, there was a lawsuit filed against P. Diddy uh, about uh, in regards to sexual assault and other things. And I, I did a whole bunch of press, both the traditional press and then this kind of press and and they asked me the same question and i gave a general response that you know uh was my opinion on how it was going to go and then it settled literally 12 hours later hmm. i woke up in the morning and and the news said that it settled so 
you just don't know. Cases typically don't settle on the next day. Uh, that happens very rarely. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it will settle. I'm assuming it will settle fast. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll settle right away. I don't think it'll settle tomorrow. Um, but it could, <laughs> you know, and, and and it could settle down the line. I, I think this will end in a settlement. And, and, and that is how most of these cases end for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's how it'll end here. And I wouldn't put I wouldn't put it past Vince two days after the settlement to be on the Pat McAfee show. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> now, 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 this is the civil case. Now, the allegations are sex trafficking. So, could this go criminal in any way? Could it? Yes. Okay. Um, and we don't know if that process is going anywhere at all, right? What we know now is that he hasn't been arrested, mm-hmm. right? That's all we know. That may mean that uh, this uh, plaintiff went to law enforcement and maybe they didn't believe her, right? Uh, maybe she didn't at all go to law enforcement and they only caught wind of this recently. Um, maybe she went and then decided to back off. It could mean a variety of different mm-hmm. things. Law enforcement, in order to prosecute a case, has to meet a certain standard. It can't, you know, just to file a lawsuit in 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 civil cases all you need is a lawyer who will file a suit in good faith right it can't be frivolous it can be done in 20 minutes right anybody can do it um and and obviously lawyers are bound by rules of ethics and they have to make sure that they file complaints that have good faith they can't make stuff up we understand all that but law enforcement operates under a different standard right they have to determine whether or not there's probable cause to make an arrest in a case like this, they have to really cross their T's, dot their I's, because there will be defense lawyers here. There will be high-profile, high-powered defense lawyers. There will be expensive investigators here. Um, and so it's a bit of a different standard. So we don't know what the status of any criminal investigation is. We don't know if there is one at all. We don't know if there will ever be one. But uh, the allegations here do kind of sound criminal. and And so... You know, is it possible? Sure. Uh, we can't, again, jump to that conclusion. That would simply be unfair to do. Um, uh, we'll see. One, one of the fans wants to know, and, and this is interesting, what's the definition of sexual trafficking since that's mentioned in this case? So, it, again, that really, really depends. Sexual Sex trafficking is kind of a catch-all term, right? It could mean a variety of different sexual misconduct crimes. And don't forget, in, in our country, these crimes differ by state. So it really depends. If there is, for example, interstate sex trafficking, the plaintiff then has to choose the forum in which to bring the case, right? It, it, it That's a really, really detailed question. There, there's just no answer for it, at least not in that way. Okay. Defining sex trafficking legally is, is very hard to do unless you know where it's being defined, under what circumstances, in what state. Only because when you see these things on TV, sex trafficking is like prostitution. Hmm. Right, right. The, the, the general understanding among folks is that sex trafficking is uh, an act of sexual misconduct, typically involving more than one person, typically involving more than one location. But that's a vague definition that means nothing. Right. It depends on the details. Right. That's that's where the devil is in the details here. Yeah. Uh, uh, we got to respect the super chats. We got Rollin 499. 
Mr. McMahon has been the owner of the WWE for 41 years. Can a woman uh, bring a similar issue from uh, my 1983? Um, what are the statutes of limitations? Good question. That's great, great question. Yeah. Right. So what happened after the Me Too movement is many states and many executives in many states and many, many legislatures in many states uh, came out and expanded the statute of limitations. It happened here in New York, which is why you saw a few months ago all of these cases brought on one day, right? Because the statute was expiring and P. Diddy and Jamie Foxx and, and uh, the mayor here and other people were pursued, Cuomo, right? A bunch of people. And many states have done that because victims of sexual assault come out and say, well, this is ridiculous, right? We were assaulted back in the day and now because uh, the public perception is different. We're out of luck. And so a lot of states expanded the statute of limitations. So it depends on where you are, right? If, if you're in a certain state and, 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 and you're protected in that way, you could still bring a lawsuit from whenever ago, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Obviously, if you bring a case from 30 years ago, you may be short on evidence, right? You may be short on preserving certain documents and other physical evidence, but you can still technically bring the case. Yeah. Look at all the people that are coming out in the Bill Cosby world yeah. from so oh. long ago. Yeah, from That's so right. long ago. That's a great, great question. Yeah. yeah, you made a really good point, too, as far as it's like if it is 1983, you have to think about the forensics, too, and just the, you know, the evidence that's being presented to a court. 40 years later and there's so many you know so much evidence that you know is, is no longer you know what i mean and, and things like that it would be very difficult to present sure. that as far as you know if it's sexual there's you know the kits usually only last you know that's only like a within the 72 hour thing and what type of evidence do you have it's not like you keep in type of like sperm or something like that so it would be a lot of different uh factors and it would make the difficult the, the issue or the case much more difficult 40 but years later then, then again some of the forensics and things that they're doing um in that world are so right on right on track at this point that they're finding things that they could never find 40 years ago yeah that's usually mitochondrial dna that's usually um like teeth and uh imprints mm -hmm. and things like that that they're right. definitely in the forensic world as far as like criminal cases and stuff like that but when it comes to like sexual cases it gets pretty difficult with that so yeah but i will say that most of these cases even the ones that took place recently are still credibility cases, right? Mm -hmm. Very rarely in a case like this will you have a whole lot of evidence, right? Because yeah. you're dealing with an intimate encounter. And then generally, right. you may not even have a third party. In this case, they may, right? You may not even have text messages. In this case, they may. But yeah. generally, you, you don't have a whole lot of evidence no matter what, because you're dealing with such a, such a difficult set of circumstances for these victims. Yep. Absolutely. All right, Dimitri. It's been a pleasure, man. I really yeah. enjoy picking your brain. Uh, I, imagine I don't know if there's much to pick, but I appreciate it. Oh, there's, there's 40, <laughs> my oh, line. 40 minutes of picking. So uh, I think I think we picked uh, enough. Uh, I imagine you'll be covering uh, more of this on your channel as uh, the uh, news continue to break and, 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 and stories develop on this uh, and let the listeners know where to find you on your channel as well. And we'd I love to have you back, by the way, when those things break. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'd love to come back. I had a great time. And um, if again, if you want to find me on YouTube, it's youtube.com at dshacklaw. 
That's D-S-H-A-K, law, L-A-W. Um, and of course, you can reach out to me at any time. Uh, my email is ds at dshacklaw.com. You can find me online wherever. Uh, always happy to ask questions and, or rather answer questions and come on and talk to you guys. I had a terrific time. Thank you. Indeed. indeed. Uh, you said ds at d, uh, dshacklaw.com, right? Yeah. When you have a long name like mine, you really have to do what you can to, to, to fix it. So that's what Very I came nice. up with. I'll just call you DS. <laughs> Sounds good. That's smart. Uh, Counselor DS. Indeed. That's smart. That's smart. It's been a pleasure, man. Uh, uh, fun times, fun picking your brain, and as uh, as uh, stories and, and news continues to develop, we would love to have you back. Yeah. Uh, By the way, I've been yelling for months about having our Twitters put down there, and now it's the wrong Twitter. What is it? At after one wrestling. After one wrestling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got you. But I am the after chat. After one wrestling. That's that's your that's your uh, your 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 thing. After one that's wrestling. My, that's my that's my Twitter handle. Yeah, in homage to uh, the late great Bob Ryder, who owned OneWrestling.com and put me to work many years ago. Yeah, check it out again. Thank you, Doctor Chris. Well, we got you. At after one, I'm gonna get my lawyer. I'm going to get my lawyer. To, can I talk to you about this wrong? Uh, uh, Twitter. Um, well, he's already representing me. So it's too late. I already, oh, well, excuse I already paid him about uh, 45 minutes ago. So if, I, if I'm going to pick up clients when I come on here, I'll do it every day. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> At D Shack Law, that's uh, that's where to find him if you want to uh, have him. He's in the New York area. Uh, clearly, you know, within p more than forty minutes, he knows his stuff, and he'll be a good representative of you. Uh, and go ahead and check him out if you're in New York, New Jersey, you know, uh, in surrounding Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Yeah, mid the the uh, what is that the. Uh, what is Fresh that called? Area. No, 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 no. What's what's that called? That's called the um, yeah, New England, New England. That's the New, New England, England, New England area. That's what the world. Well, I'm I'm only licensed in New York and New Jersey, but uh, well, happy yeah. to talk to anybody. Yeah, uh, they'll give he'll give you referrals. There you go. <laughs> from, from New All right, we got Dimitri, we got Bill. Raju says this is the longest Chris and Bill have gone without fighting. Really? Is that right? Chris, <laughs> that's because we have a lawyer in the middle. So uh, <laughs> we got a bill. We got Dimitri. I'm Doctor Chris. This is uh, unscripted. Have a good night, everybody. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see you in court. Oh, watch out.